Danny Bedrosian will be with me in the second hour today. He's got a brand new book, The Authorized P-Funk Song Reference, subtitled The Official Canon of Parliament Funkadelic. Amazing piece of work. Uh, It'll wear you out just thinking about what he has done. To get that all put together, we'll find out more. And then I've got Patty Malarney with us from Christmas Connection to bring us up to date on the great news from 2023. So stay with me. Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny, brought to you by Widden Glass, Tallahassee's first name in glass for your home or office, and by Merry Maids. Call Merry Maids. Relax. And it's done. In 1945, Jack Whitten started a glass company in Tallahassee. Now over 75 years and three generations later, it's still working every day, doing just as Jack wanted, giving his customers real solutions for replacing window glass, providing custom-cut mirrors, and supplying superior bath and shower enclosures. Local building contractors know Whitten Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. They prefer Whitten because of their precision and mastery of eye-catching storefront glass and countertop glass. It's a fact. When you choose Wooden Glass, you're working with real glass people who will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. It's what Jack Wooden wanted, and it's been the Wooden way of doing business for over 75 years. Wooden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass since 1945. Call Wooden Glass today or visit them online at 850-222-5781 or wittenglass.com. With all that has transpired here in the month of January, can you believe this? First month of the new year is almost completed. I, f- I feel like I we had just, just now been doing our shopping for Thanksgiving. That's all a blur. And then, you know, Christmas came in like a flood. Uh, And I don't know about you, but our household was fortunate enough, I'll say, go, you know, right up front here, that it was a good thing. We had people come from all over places around the galaxy, it seemed. California, Chicago, South Florida. They all converged on the Moose Castle. Sunagard, we call it. Yep. Great times. Hope yours were as equally as great and enjoyable and such. And uh, Trust that uh, 24 has already begun to move in the right direction for you and your family, your business, your loved ones, your friends. Yeah. Continued blessings for a uh, prosperous and healthy new year. We got some great news here with Danny Bedrosian. It's going to be a lot of fun talking with this guy. Man, alive. Um, just listening to him, it makes me tired. Because of his his work schedule, his work ethic. His performance schedule alone. I mean, goodness sakes. Been with uh, George Clinton for better than 20 years. Yeah. P 
Funkadelic, Parliament Funkadelic, for the past 20 years, a uh, keyboard player of some significance, classically trained, proficient. Um, he's got a couple of his own musical groups that he's fostered, and they perform at various places around the area and around the country and such. So, yeah. And his family, and then, in his spare time, he found the wherewithal to chronicle the amazing history that is Parliament Funkadelic with this book, P-Funk, Song Reference, from 1956 to 2023. So effectively, what you can do is go to this as your resource your your guide to find out who it was, which artist played on which album at at which time, right? Well, and I won't steal any thunder here, but man, you're gonna want to stay tuned for that. He's just a he a, a remarkably gifted, productive, and a really fun person. A good guy to be around. Good man. Way to go, Danny! And we're pleased to be able to bring him to you. With his own show on Moose, Danny on everything. And that's really a trip because that usually happens when he's been out doing a show somewhere and he'll grab a few minutes with a guest that he can bring to us firsthand. Uh, courtesy of Spatterwork Media and Entertainment here, Moose Magnificat Radio, and the very talented Carl. And it all comes to bear. It's what what's happens. This is what happens when you get very talented, hardworking people with vision and insight. And oh, there's that other thing too. They really have to care, <laughs> especially care about people, about the people they work with. That might be a nice prayer for the new year, please, Lord. Help me better appreciate the people I'm associated with on the job and while you're at it help them better appreciate me let it be a mutual thing right where we they take into account one another i mean we love the holiday time of year and all that some do uh maybe some do not most of us do i think but i do have friends who say you know it's not i'm i'm not into it and it's largely just because there's just so much, you know. And this is well beyond the commercialization of the remembrance of the birth of Christ. I mean, we've turned this thing into a, a slogan, you know, and a adhesive label. <clears throat> Christmas, yeah. But but there are some holdouts. I'm. I think I'm one of those that just want to remember why it's important, why it's important to recognize God's gift to the world in the person of his son, Jesus. And in doing so, we then extend that gift. That's why light is so important. The Bible declares that he is the light of the world. Well, so what's with all the Christmas lights and, you know, Christmas trees and jazz? Well, it's a reminder to us that the light has come in the midst of this 
cold winter darkness. So then again, here we are with Christmas, well, in our rear view mirror. And uh, the question remains, are we willing to extend that light? Are we willing to be that encouragement, that uh, person who says, hey, man, I, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for the job you, you're working. Um, and sometimes it's in very subtle ways. At least I think it's subtle. You think about people who are in the role of being either a part of a wait staff at a restaurant or they're one of the cashiers at your local grocery store. Or maybe it's the person who delivers your mail. That, that UPS driver that, you know, makes it possible for you to get your next thing. I mean, it's not that hard to extend a little bit. And maybe some people don't care for that. You know, I mean, they just assume you leave them alone. <laughs> hey, man, I get it. But I make the assumption that everybody kind of appreciates a little thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. We were out uh, the other night with uh, my wife and a couple of our family having dinner and Remarkably, notably, this uh, particular person was waiting on us. Did a, did a, just a fantastic job. And there's just no 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 other way to put it. They were they were perfect. <laughs> Had all the right things going on. Not too intrusive. Uh, not uh, ignoring us. You know all that kind. Of, and and in doing that, made sure that everything was timely. Everything came to the table just right. And very pleasant person to deal with. I mean, you might say, well, they're, they don't need you to thank them. I mean, they're doing their job. Well, of course, I get that. But that's not, that's not the issue here. It's not what they are looking for, expecting of me. It's what I'm willing to do with me. What am I willing to say, do, share, in order to better affirm who I am. This is this is what I do. I thank people for their work. Um, you know, I I try to make sure they're they're compensated appropriately and in, ti- in a timely way, right? Okay. So with that, I will say, here we are in 2024 and uh, no better time to thank all of you for listening to Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Well, my friend, uh, we have, in uh, looking back through the last three or four months, taken a hard look at the results of our annual campaign we've called Help Christmas Connection. Perhaps you were fortunate enough to see one of the TV ads running over there at WTXL. We did that radio ads running on our station and over at uh, 93.3. Where else? Billboards. We had the digital boards out for uh, the first part of December. And, of course, our website itself and all the social media that we ran through really about a 10-week period leading up to the middle of December. It's it's a timely effort because it comes when... uh, man alive we get caught up in 
all of that Christmas is and does and means and all that sort of stuff like we were talking about here just a few minutes ago. But um, because that's the case, we have always felt it uh, appropriate uh, to make sure that we're reminding all of us with this ad campaign that is funded entirely by local businesses who put up their ad dollars and say, look, we want to be a part of what what this is to this community. I think it's fair to say that there are so many, many organizations and people, the newspaper, the TV stations that step up and say, hey, we want to help you get that message out. They do a great job. Uh, in this case, it includes our Help Christmas Connection website, which is there as a, a way of sort of bringing all of those data points together in one location, right? Uh, take some of the burden off of the Catholic Charities folks that maintain their own website, christmasconnection.org. I think it's thechristmasconnection.org. So we just try to make sure that we're we're supplementing that and supporting it with a more and more awareness. As a result, I'm pleased to say uh, that uh, Christmas Connection officials were quick to point out here, and I got this information now about a week ago, they served 531 families in Franklin, Gadsden, Jefferson, Leon, Madison, and Wakulla counties. Uh, 258 families were adopted by the event, by the individuals or organizations within the community, and the families' requests were filled by the adopting person or people or organization. Yeah. And then the remaining 273 families who were not adopted were provided for with donations and shopped by Christmas Connection volunteers in our workshop. So the way this works is these Christmas Connection volunteers, they're working hand-in-hand with the professionals, the social workers, the caseworkers that stay close to these families throughout the year. Uh, 35 social service agencies who refer to these families and uh, make sure that Christmas Connection is aware of their needs. And so the the volunteers then know what the what the social workers are requesting on behalf of the families they serve. So your donations, toiletries and food, blankets, linens, yeah, even gas cards and cleaning supplies and housewares, all of that. Of course, the financial donations, all of that. That goes towards making all of this effort possible. And Christmas Connection provided for these families from over 2,000 gifts that included all of those items and toys, bicycles, gifts for teenagers, gift cards. Yeah, man, it's pretty thick. There were 101 Christmas Connection cases um, where Christmas Connection provided direct deliveries. And that means that the adopter could contact and deliver their Christmas connection gifts directly to the family. So if you were one of those people or or an organization and you had adopted this family, well, you had the opportunity to go and deliver directly to that family. 
That's pretty special. And this underscores the point we were making a little bit earlier in talking about what we do to extend the light. How do we then carry forward what Christmas reminds us to do in a very dramatic way and, okay, over-commercialized way and to our detriment, in my opinion. But underneath all of the tinsel and the, you know, stuff, there is this core message that says God loves us unconditionally and cares for us. And so then we carry that love, that caring forward. Uh, These amounted to 430 cases that came through the site for packing and distribution of delivery to families in need. And the cases included unadopted families as well as cases that required agency delivery. So it's very well organized. Uh, I have to say, as far as that goes, this has a sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of a military approach. I mean, everything's so so well buttoned down and, and delivered appropriately, managed well. Um, so in terms of individuals, we're looking at close to 2,300, 2,200 people individually that were, who, who were served. And you had people from Leon, Franklin, and Jefferson County, the Madison County Sheriff's Departments in all these counties. They were assisting too. <laughs> I mean, so this is one big, great effort to include as many people as we possibly can in this period of time. And it, and it runs for roughly uh, 20, 21 days. Yep. This year, Christmas Connection would not have been able to do what they did without the help of Florida State University. How about that? They donated 17,000 square feet of open space so that these workers had a staging area to set up, organize all that had come in and would would be coming in during this whole period of time. Along with uh, Florida State, you had City of Tallahassee. So they took responsibility for uh, managing the traffic along Bruno Street. This year they were located right there at the corner of Bruno and uh, Jefferson. So here comes the City of Tallahassee that initiated some lane closures there on Bruno Street for safe community drop-off. Yeah, for for over two weeks. In fact, closer to three weeks, yeah. So there you go. And we we want to issue a hearty thank you to all of you who contributed so sizably in any capacity. If you just went to the Help Christmas Connection website, figured out what would be a good way to help, um made a cash donation or maybe you uh, chose to adopt a family or you just dropped off something you wanted to leave for the Christmas Connection volunteers to be a part of this effort. Thank you. Thank you to the extended family of sponsors and supporters. Thanks to the very schools and churches, uh, those who sponsored Angel Trees and all the folks who donated uh, there and yeah, man, it was it was great. And of course, I've already mentioned 
WTXL running our ads for us. You had WCTV, Tallahassee Democrat, and our own companies here, Capstan Marketing, and of course uh, Spatterwork Media with uh, Moose Magnificat Radio and this here fine radio broadcast, Tallahassee Talks. It, it is one big happy family, is it not? Uh, you talk about a, an organizational effort, and I can't, I mean, I don't, I don't think of another that is more beloved than Christmas Connection. Um, so we're going to take a few minutes here uh, right after this break. I've got Patty Malarney with us, and she will talk in greater detail about some of these remarkable outcomes and uh, some of the other organizations that showed up to make sure that it all came together at the right place at the right time and in the right way. So there you go. My friend, I want you to stay with me for more good news as we continue Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So... I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? Well, it's certainly uh, our pleasure to be able to bring you good news of great joy and good tidings and all that came by way of Christmas Connection 2023. We thought it only appropriate to drag her in here one more time (laughs) before we let her get off the hook. The very uh, well-devoted Patty Malarney, who for her part has uh, held on with, you know, (laughs) both hands, both feet, uh, just making sure that everything stays on the rails and between the lines and all that good stuff. Because she is the, um, what's your official title, Patty, I guess? I am the coordinator the of Christmas The coordinator Connection. of yeah. Christmas Connection. See, I think you're you like the grand marshal. <laughs> I would consider you like the potentate, something of that kind. But it's in any just case. just a title, yes. It is a title. But the real work begins, oh, let's see, now, preparing for <laughs> next year. Because I always tell people, you know, it's like the Macy's Parade. Yeah. The day after, yeah, that's when the next one starts. Um, what's remarkable uh, to me, and I think probably to you and your team, is how over the years uh, the community has actually con- not only continued, has grown mm. in its devotion to helping you. Um, and I was just ticking off just a few of those highlights, but I know you've come armed and dangerous with uh, lots of information <laughs> about what, what actually went down. And of course, you know our our part in this is to be at your at your side in promoting uh, awareness and bringing more and more attention to this organization, which 
I consider probably among the most beloved, if not the most beloved, uh, charitable works in this community. And I, the reason I say that is that <clears throat> it, it, is, um, it is so ground level. You know, it, it is not the result of some national organization. And with all due respect and with, you know, much, God's blessings on all of those national organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that this is because people like Patty Malarney and her crew and the many who come to your aid and, and support and help and participation, they're the ones saying, no, this is on us. This is a Tallahassean kind of thingy. And then extend that well beyond the confines of Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at some of these numbers. Uh, this first one I want to point to, you had references or re- referred families, I should say, coming from Franklin, Gadsden, Jefferson, Leon, Madison, and Wakulla counties. Mm-hmm. This is regional. Yeah, it's, it's our eastern deanery, we call it. Ah. Yeah, it's it's the east side of catholic charities of northwest florida so we are we're the hub you know we feed this program as a ministry under catholic charities but it's been in existence this was our 44th year too so isn't that cool it is very cool 44 years and running and and to your point and it's one of the hallmarks i think that has always been um, attractive to our sponsors for Help Christmas Connection and to, the, to our organization in that there's this wonderful sort of cooperative uh, professionally and ministerially, we'll say. You know, mm-hmm. you have this blending of well-seasoned, professional, devoted social workers and others who come to this task uh, 24-7, 365, then comes uh, this amazing team of elves, right, uh, <laughs> that that just sort of descend upon us at that right, just at that right time, taking your breath away when it's something like, oh, that's right, we need a 17,000-foot square facility, and we need it in about four days. Yeah. That part right there is, would be enough to keep me up at night trying to figure out how that all works out and here comes Florida State University to say hey I think we got this yeah that's a remarkable story tell us how that all happened you know it's it's that whole blessing when I was stressed out a little bit and I wasn't sleeping at night um it's like you know God will provide and I'm like yeah that's great but yeah we need a building we need 17,000 come on God get moving come on God let me have it (laughs) but um we have connections. We have collaborations. We have people mm. who have been involved with Christmas Connection for 20 years and then have been yeah. in this community for more than that. And, mm. you know, obviously I worked at FSU. Mary Coburn is a good uh, collaborative partner. She's great. With FSU. And and, um, and she was there, uh, I think, for the blessing service that day that she I was, was there. She yeah. was with Kyle Clark. And, yeah. You know, he kept saying, well, how can we help? There's we got this space, but it's like, you know, it's not built out yet. It's kind of a warehouse and we'd been saying we needed warehouse space yep and it was indeed a warehouse and it was beautiful space i mean it was everything we needed i mean honestly yeah it was huge Um, if i recall correctly they had to go in ahead of you and put in all the light fixtures right it wasn't built out at all there was no lights no heat and air which did get chilly a few days um no electrical outlets um 
And so wow. there was just a lot of moving. They put it in high pieces. gear because that was not far in advance of your opening. Yeah, we had about I mean, three was, weeks to opening until oof. we finally found a place. We'd been done a lot of campaigns in the newspaper, yeah, Martha yeah, Bender and, yeah. and uh, Julie Montanero. And, I mean, did a couple uh, – TV shows, and I, I think people were tired of it. I said, please, I need a space. So we need help space us, for us. Christmas, yeah. Um, so we really came, you know, it huh. came to the plate, and, and then all of the support staff at Florida State University. Mm. It's not just our volunteers, but there's so many other community entities that just, you know, step up to the plate, Come so together. to speak. And then the city of Tallahassee, we knew we had to have a drop-off zone, and that was most critical for safety for all of the, you know, 2,000 I donations that come through there. When you yeah. and I talked that week of the uh, Blessing opening mm-hmm. day, and that hadn't been secured mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. As no. far as you knew, police department was saying, sorry, guys, can't do it. We were using Pensacola Street, and we were using mm-hmm. a bike lane, which, you know, was okay. Um, we had additional staff out there, mm-hmm. but um, we met with the city of Tallahassee and, and – mm-hmm. um, Thank you so much, Cynthia Barber, Ashley Edwards. Um, we had Robert Baxley. You know, we had uh, entities again. Our, mm. our extended community of collaborative partners. Um, you know, they realized how important this was, and we just had to explain this is what we do for Christmas Connection. Because once you explain, you know, how this whole you know it's donation drop off, yeah, it's a department store, and then it's a warehouse, and it's all wrapped into one little big bow. And so we had to make it safe for the community to drop off gifts. Indeed. Yeah. And so before that happened, we went ahead and set up satellite collection drive sites. So we knew that people weren't going to come downtown. They weren't going to pay to park and donate items. So um, we set up some satellite sites uh, at different businesses across town. You think about it, you know, it, it, it reminds me of those efforts that go into uh, a situation where a community has been ravaged by you know, a storm or a mm-hmm. flood and people have to just marshal the effort in with short notice mm-hmm. right and the, and you guys just mobilize kinda, mm-hmm. yeah mobilization exactly <laughs> yeah. and you come yeah. in like this team this army <laughs> uh you know to to make sure that all of those parts and pieces come together it's mm-hmm. it's monumental mm-hmm yeah. yeah. So once we explained what it is we were doing and what we needed, um, it took about a day, and we had one lane of Bruno blocked off for the rest of the three weeks with 21 or so days, which was phenomenal. I mean, that, that helped awesome. us make that program, not just the space that Florida State University provided and all of the support, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, two liftgate trucks to help us move out of two storage areas and, and the manpower, the, the people mm-hmm. power to... Mm-hmm help us you know mm. move things in and tables and chairs and a copier and a refrigerator uh a coat cooler and and um mm. you know wi-fi i mean there were so many All moving parts and the most important one being we had these really great bathrooms for <laughs> and so uh, kind of makes a difference yeah <laughs> to the uh, volunteers absolutely uh, yeah, yeah you got to walk walk three or four blocks you know just to find a <laughs> right, restroom right. that's not cool you know what uh occurs to me too uh, is the exponential effort um, when you start with, let's just talk about one child, one child who uh, chances are he or she is not going to have much of a Christmas this year. And then comes Christmas connection with the ability to say, stand by, because we're going to make that happen mm. and we're going to do it in a way 
that is fine-tuned to this individual, this family at this time. Folks, we've got Patty Malarney. We're going to get some more good news, so stay with me. You're in tune with Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Folks, there are four ways to shine in life, and Merry Maids has it all going on. Experience, reliability, thoroughness, and professionalism. Well, that's why we rely on Merry Maids right here at our studios, because, you know, I do need a little shine from time to time. And my friends at Merry Maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction, screened and trained employees, bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Merry Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets and fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Merry Maids will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Merry Maids. Relax and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205 or find them online at merrymaids.com. That's 386-2205. We're back. We're talking with Patty Malarney. 258 families were adopted by members of our community. Uh, over 2,200 individuals cared for uh, 273 families that shopped, uh, that were shopped for at their at your collection site, and supported by community donations. I mean, when you think about it, what is the value of that one child, of that one family? Mm. And you think about the colossal amount of effort that went into making sure that happened. Does it seem like it's uh, too much that you guys go to too much effort, too much? expense too much time just for a few people that thought never enters our mind no we do it for the families and however many children are in that family we try to provide at least two little small uh children's mm. toys type gifts for no that matter what. for each child yeah. yeah if they're teenagers we try to up it up a little bit you know tablets or uh earbuds or just huh. a gift card Huh. Um, you know, these, like you said, you started out with the, the, many of these families would have no Christmas at all, if not for Christmas connection. And yeah. that, that to me is mind boggling. And, um, you know, they're struggling to pay for rent and utilities or groceries on the table. And let's remember some of these gifts that these folks are getting from us are even like blankets and linens and, and yes. um, housewares, food items, toiletry items. You know, these are basic needs that... We take for granted, but these folks are asking for this for Christmas presents. Yeah. And so we try to make that, we, we up our game a little bit. And huh. if it wasn't for that generous community, you know, at least 2,000 donations come I through. I see that. At minimum, you know, it's it's hard, it's mind-boggling because it's hard to count each one. Over 2,000 donated gift mm-hmm. items delivered to the Christmas Connection site over a three-week period. Mm-hmm. And then you had, as you mentioned earlier, satellite donation collection sites that included Morningstar Storage, mm-hmm. uh, the Egg Cafe, Angels with Paws, uh, the Greens of Killarne Neighborhood, South Monroe Vets, Gabor Financial Solutions, Tallahassee Chrysler Dodge, Jeep, Fiat. Wow. And then the parishes and the schools. And all the schools and all the parishes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about the contributions that come by way of time Mm -hmm. and opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even know how you would measure that except to say, this is Tallahassee doing what it does. It does. And, And just such a generous community. I mean, I was actually going through... 
in the last week some in-kind donation forms. A lot of folks don't even want to fill that form out. And I'm like, please fill it out because that's my count. You know, that, sure, that's sure. how I know how impactful this community is. Sure. And uh, it's just amazing. And, and this year we spent a lot of time, as soon as those donations came in, the volunteers wrote thank you notes right away. Mm. We didn't wait till January or whenever. It was like we needed to thank these people as soon as possible and how much yeah, they meant to yeah, us. Yeah. And so our volunteers and some were students, they they filled out, you know, there's 400-something uh, donations just to the site that weren't the collection drives. <laughs> and those were 400 thank you notes that were handwritten. And we thought that was really important. Very cool. Yeah. You know, you you said earlier that in fact so much of this does have to come together uh, on the fly i guess would be fair to say <laughs> there's a lot of forethought there's a lot of planning but at the same time there are some of those pieces that you just don't have in place until you come to and getting the the facility getting the the space this year was even more um just say Challenging. Challenging, yes. <laughs> that, was the, that was the, yeah, right. So yeah. do you have any teeth left? I mean, were you grinding your teeth? Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So, no, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the site, not having that site and that's something we'll initiate, you know, in the next month, we'll, we'll bring our Start team now. together. yeah, yeah. And just say, you know, we haven't come to the table yet with the players that helped us last year. That was so. my other question mm-hmm. for you. When you look at what lessons were learned mm-hmm. from this year and last year for that matter, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that we can do to help if if we can? Well, I, I mean, think you already do, Brian. You do a great job of supporting us and getting mm, the word out, um, not mm. just through the radio talk shows, but all of your connections. Again, mm. I have to go back to those collaborations and connections and mm. and just the community um, understanding who we are and how long we've been right. helping others, and, and oh. they always come to the plate, you know, I, like I was, you said. I was thinking that way, too. Um, <clears throat> thinking that we all should start thinking about a facility you know yeah. now yeah. maybe florida state would would be kind enough to say yeah you know we're up again mm-hmm. but that's until 11 rent- months from now yeah until or better, they actually, decide 10, to, 10 to, months from now to build out that space and exactly rent it out. right because so, it, it's great location if you have the lane uh closed off for the drop-offs yeah right. so there's a lot of moving pieces and parts as you said and then we extended those hmm. collection drives so that the community didn't have to hmm. come to the site. But we missed hmm. the community coming to the site. They used to, you know, they like to walk in and see the site and bring their children and, hmm. and make it a family, you know, um, a tradition um, to shop for the families that we are, uh, that were not adopted. So it's a cool, it's a, it's a whole cool experience. It really is. And, and again, back to some of the more, let's say, uh, uh, you know, data, data driven, uh, data nerd sort of questions. Mm. Twenty five consecutive days of warehouse operations. Yeah, I was pretty tired at the end of that that I season. Mean, There's no come doubt. on, sixty <laughs> operational hours per week. Yeah. yeah, that cover that were covered by 130 volunteers. That's right. So you start doing the math and you realize, okay, these people, we need to like bring bring them cold towels. And, <laughs> Well, so you have a, we had a sign-up genius, and the, the, the uh, volunteers in the community could sign up for certain shifts, uh, two, three-hour shifts, okay. and so they weren't there every day. That's so bad. Yeah. You have your core volunteers, there were 15 or 20 of us. We, we worked a ton of hours, there's no doubt. Well, and I'm looking at that, too. 15 <laughs> veteran core volunteers that provided essential organizational roles starting back in July. We did. We, we had to recreate that database. Wow, we talked about that that's uh, right. the last time. 
So we uh, we didn't have a database. It, it went by the wayside. We didn't have a coder. So we went to a, a process called Jot Forms, and mm-hmm. it was a good fix for this year. And that and, database is providing you uh, the information you need on all of mm-hmm. the families. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And and what 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 is all involved with the database? Well, the, the the database is your referral process through I the thirty six social service agency. Ah. It's a you know, it's a secure, That's and it's, huge. it's it's secure and it's private, and you know, it's uh, you know the the lead role of each social service agency, that director of each agency, yes, yes. can see what their representatives or what their caseworkers are turning in. So there's uh, there's an accountability and a check and balance through that database system. I see. Uh, it helps us not duplicate cases uh, through various agencies and organizations. So it's 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 uh, it's essential. <laughs> I th- I, and, and I mentioned this here a minute ago, the professionalization is a big feature for us in terms of accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, w- we spend our time and effort and all of our sponsors that come together with their ad dollars. And and what we try to do is, is go back to those sponsors to say, this is why we do this. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. how accountable Patty and her team, the whole organization, all of this effort is mm-hmm. in making sure that it's properly handled. And by golly, right down to making sure that the accounting is done for those families in need. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, this is not a bunch of people throwing some stuff in the back of their truck right. and running across <laughs> town to help somebody out. Right. This, right. this is a well-oiled machine. It is very well-oiled. It, it, it <clears throat> um, had a couple rusty kinks in it this year. I mean, it, we, we definitely went over uh, went over some speed bumps, and I think we, we handled it very well. The whole crew did. It wasn't just me. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole team. We, we sat down. We talked about how we were going to operate. Um, we were tense. I mean, there was there was times we weren't were totally not sure how we were going to handle community drop-offs. Yeah. You know, how are you going to yeah. donate these items? Wow. And there's some people that just, I mean, they'd go park and claim it, and they'd lug all their donations <laughs> inside. They didn't care. You know, that meant that yeah. much to them. But yeah. um we had to make sure that our that that space was safe for people to drive up, drop right. things off. If they wanted to come in, they would have to park, you know, at Clayman yeah, Plaza. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it's pretty reasonable. I think it's like three dollars a day. It could be sure. I don't know what it is on the weekends, sure. a dollar. You know, so it was very reasonable. So, are there things that we need to be thinking about in preparation for next year? Well, we are going to meet. Probably our core team is meeting in the next month. We had to have some time to decompress for sure. Yeah, um, we're working on all the summary data, as you see, all these wonderful, um, some remarkable data, remarkable uh, data that we've um, you know put together. But mm-hmm. we're still working on it. We still have sure. some things that we're yeah. working on, and then we'll meet and we'll come up with those goals for next year, and then set priorities and timelines and. And assign mm. them to, to mm. certain work mm. groups. Um, so that starts from like February to June, actually. Yeah. We won't make you think about that too mm. much because you do need to take some time away. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, beach, island island somewhere. retreat yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patty Malarney, coordinator for Christmas Connection, Tallahassee. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for Thank you. you and your team and all that you were able to accomplish in 2023, in spite of right. All of those kinks and bumps and such that you had to deal with speaks well of how organi- organized the whole thing is because you were able to accommodate it and keep moving forward. We did, and yeah. thank you um, for your support in all the community. Tallahassee community is just fabulous. It I is think. awesome, yeah. isn't it? It, it is. 
Folks, that's what I have for you here at the moment. We'll let Patty get back to work because she's got to get ready for next Christmas already. So, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> what happened to the vacation? I know. Yeah. What about that beach time? Yeah, what's, oh, well. But, folks, it's why we do what we do here, and we we'll are look forward to having you with us. Stay right where you are. We've got more coming up after the top of the hour. You're in tune with Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. We're back with the second hour of Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Glad you're with me on this fine occasion when, in fact, we have opportunity to look even more uh, closely at uh, some of the significant contributions from people like Christmas Connection and the people behind those efforts, the -the behind-the-scenes sort of peoples that just... (laughs) They just go for it. And no less can be said of Danny Bedrosian, who's going to be with us here in this hour. Monumental work that he has um, been after for the last, I don't know, three or four decades, it sounds like. Since he was a kid, he was he was in the business of just keeping track of artists in this whole, you know, Parliament Funkadelic world. And in that compilation of all that information, he decided, okay, the time has come. And so he's created this authorized P-Funk song reference canon of Parliament Funkadelic, covering the years from 1956 to 2023. <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, yeah, so Danny will be with me in discussion of that and the music scene around Tallahassee. You know, there's a lot to be said about what we are as a community on a lot of different levels, whether it's uh, public works, you know, the the various systems that are supposed to provide us things like public transportation or sanitation, right, Uh, waste management. Um, (laughs) When you increase population, as we have, well, demographically speaking, you increase every other statistic. So, you know, everything you might want to measure in a population will see an increase, generally speaking. And that includes um, the management of traffic, yes. Uh, the management of school systems, yes. Providing for um, waste management, yes. And the the uh, increases in in some of the more uh, statistical uh, analysis, analyses of divorce and marriage and crime, yes, and death. So all of that means that more people have to be involved in making sure that all of this is better managed. Uh, it means, too, that for this population, more and more opportunities for uh, you know, uh, commerce, meaning having business opportunities, employment opportunities, or how about entertainment and recreational opportunities? And so with Danny, we're going to talk about that in brief. What's going on with the music scene, the available number of venues? Um, and from his point of view, it's it's not good. I mean, we're, we're at a ju- juncture here perhaps where We've seen the loss of a couple of long-standing uh, 
venues like the Bradfordville Blues Club. Yeah. And then others that um, just aren't carrying, uh, not, not providing live music at this juncture. So it begs the question, if, if a community is known by its, let's say, its um, cultural, cultural references, you know, its language, its architecture, its art in the broadest sense, its literature, its music, I mean, what's going on with Tallahassee's performing arts? And it's something you've heard me droll on about, or is it, yeah, drone on about <laughs> for a while. And I'm certainly among those, likewise, who will say, where is that performing arts center that we were promised so many years ago? Well, that, you know, those monies that were had, had been earmarked uh, never, never anything happened with it, and so by the time that the the uh, opportunity afforded itself, well, costs had accelerated. You know, we're looking at I don't know ten, twenty years that that money just sat there that had been allocated for this project, but at that juncture there wasn't enough money to be able to accommodate the fact that I guess all of those years had passed, and so then you know. Officials, county, said, eh, we'll just take that money and we'll use it somewhere else. That's what they did. So if you and I were looking forward to the beginnings of, at least, a performing arts center for Tallahassee, the state capital, by the way, with a population our size, I, I, I don't know that you could go to another state in another state capital and not find something in the way of a performing arts center. Now, you know, some of the uh, conspiracy theorists among us have pointed to the fact that we have um, Florida State University over here with Ruby Diamond and Opperman and such, and you've got the Civic Center and so forth. But when you talk to those organizations, uh, people within the organizations that are involved in performances, musical, dance and such, uh, choral music, yep, well, I mean, it ain't easy to find those venues that are adequate enough to really uh, showcase the performance properly. Now, Danny will be down there at the House of Music on South Monroe tonight, as a matter of fact. He's got a show coming up that is a uh, book release party, and he's going to have his band there. be a great time. Um... I mean, I think that that room can handle maybe a couple of hundred people. I'm just guessing. But what if you wanted to seat, oh, I don't know, three, maybe 5,000 people? Uh, or let's even go the other way. Let's go, if you if you wanted to have a, a room that'll hold 2,500 people, uh, where would you go? I mean, uh, when it comes to, any public facilities, um, Cascades Park, uh, the Adderley Amphitheater. Yeah, well, you know, the way that those uh, shows are booked is a bit um, constricted, you know, because it's going to come through city or through a private contractor who holds the contract for the that booking. 
And so if you're just a person who says, hey, I'd like to bring such and such a festival or a show together, yeah, might be might be tough getting that booked. And then there's just the audiences themselves, you know, those audiences that would like to be able to be in a technologically uh, contemporary uh, facility, a concert hall that is up to date, right, with all the audio and video and such that is part of our everyday world. Not in Tallahassee, not now. Uh, That's something to aspire to, I suppose. Meanwhile, we continue on in our best manner to try to make sure every one of us are better served with the resources, the facilities of various kinds, whether musical or artistic. Maybe it's just something like a transit system. Uh, Maybe it's the city of Tallahassee telling us about the Southside Transit Center that is planned for construction and will account for more than one-third of Star Metro's total ridership along the south side of town. It's intended to be a multi-bay, two-story facility with eight covered bays, electric charging stations for fixed-route buses. It'll have a designated pull-off area for paratransit vehicles and dial-a-ride rideshare clients and neighborhood circulators, all part of it. They have a ticket booth, ticket vending machine. It's a big deal. So this is all by way of Star Metro, the Southside Transit Center, the first public transit center built in Tallahassee since the C.K. Steel Plaza was built back in the 80s. Wow. So they've done an unveiling of some of the renderings, the the visuals for this, and we should take a look at that. Talgov.com is the place to go. Talgov.com slash think transit. Take a look at what City of Tallahassee officials are planning for your Southside Transit Center. Stay with me. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? Daniel Bedrosian, let's learn about this young man who, for his professional career, has been the keyboardist for George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. 20 years. 20 years making him the longest tenured keyboard player in the band's history. There is a lot of history here. Uh, He has appeared on the BET 25th Anniversary Special, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, uh, The Carson Daly Show, 
uh, I'm with Rolling Stone, The Late Show, David Letterman. Yeah. Of him, George Clinton said, Daniel Bedrosian has done a wonderful thing. And that thing is a book entitled The Authorized P-Funk Song Reference, which by some accounts is an encyclopedia rich with the history of this music, right? So again, quoting George Clinton, a wonderful job of a seemingly impossible task of reconstructing this history and finding everybody who's been a part of it or involved with it in any way and has left their fingerprints on what has become the P-Funk. Let's welcome to the show, with all of that having been said rather poorly, Danny Petrosian. Hi, buddy. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Now, I like to point out that you are Armenian. I am. By descent. Yes. Rich history. Yes. Marvelous culture. Very much. All right. Having established (laughs) that little fact, we're going to move into this book. And of course, the more obvious question, I suppose, is so why did you do this? Right. That's a, that question I asked myself ah. every day for about three years. <laughs> what the? Um, <laughs> what was I thinking? Well, it's a 30-year journey, really. <laughs> I started compiling this information about 30 years ago. Wow. So I was in school, in grade school, middle school, high school, college, writing, keeping notes on... Who played and who sang on what songs in my favorite band? Really? Which was P-Funk, yeah. Good so, grief. probably starting around 6th or 7th grade, I started keeping these little I notes. I mean, I, I was in woodshop making a, a spice rack for my mom. <laughs> well, I should have been doing stuff like that. But instead, I was I was pretending to be taking notes, but instead yeah, I was but writing... you have a book. I don't. Yeah, well, I, in other words, I did something with my... Uh, uh, you know, not paying attention time. But, um, but it took 30 years, so... Uh, but yeah, in class when I was supposed to be taking notes, and I said this in a couple lectures too at some colleges, I should have been taking notes. Instead, I was writing down this stuff, and it went all the way through college. And then when I joined the, I joined the band coming right out of college. Uh-huh. So I graduated college in June of '03. I joined the band in September of '03. Yeah. So there's the move to Tallahassee in July. There's two months in living in relative squal, relative uh, poverty in Tallahassee. Over on the west side, and then uh, getting in the band. Wow. So this information stayed in piles of notebooks strewn. From all those years. Between New England and here. Wow. um, For many, many years. And then the years ensued of my early tutelage in the band. Uh In which time I asked tedious, nitpicky questions to all of my big brothers and uncles in the band, my mentors and teachers. Cool. Especially in those early years when a lot of the guys who are sadly no longer with us Mm. were still there. And so, I I mean, every day I was asking questions. Every single day. And I kept mental notes as well as write down things I thought that I wouldn't remember. And so I have informal interviews (laughs) with, you know, 50 or 60 of these guys for the past 20 years. Mm. Then COVID starts mm, mm. and I, I, my time becomes more regimented. Sure. So some people became more loose. I actually got mm. tighter with my thing in mm. terms of I wake up, I do this, then I do this, then I do mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. There were certain things I wanted to do. And maybe we talked about this before. Um, I spent, you know, I'm a classically trained pianist. So yep, yep. all the pieces that I just didn't have time to do, I was either too busy with my residency at the Chop House 
where I do classical music, but not the really virtuosic stuff. Right. They want Claire de Lune and, and pretty stuff for right. dinner to. Right. Or my P-Funk gig would hold me up from learning. So I spent, you know, five to seven hours a day. Since those times got opened up. Opened up. Filled it in with. Yes. Yeah. Learning all the pieces that I always wanted to learn that I thought were too wow. hard. That I never wow. would be able to learn wow. ever since I was a kid. Wow. I also got more in shape. I exercised, started running, started taking care of myself health-wise. And then I also started typing up this crazy book. At first I thought, well, I'm just going to focus on the Parliament and Funkadelic songs specifically, the core albums. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought, well, no, you got to include this stuff too. And then that spiraled into a thousand wormholes, a thousand rabbit holes, a thousand... Uh, uh, just crazy journeys into wow. a million other bands wow. and it became this thing that if somebody in P-Funk was on it it's probably in the book wow. so 850 plus releases 90% of which are albums over a 68 year period <laughs> the largest uh, discographical uh, canon of any musical collective in the history of music, not just popular music, all music. Wow. So, you know, Frank Zappa had something like 88 albums. This is like 800 albums. Goodness. So to give you an idea. Um, so it's anything that George and the other people in the band were on yeah. is in the book. It's It's done in chronological style by band. So whenever each band right. did its first recordings... Right. So the first chapter is 1956 to 1966. So if I want to know who played on that album in that year. that Each song. Each specific. song. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Here I go. I go into the, 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 the P-Funk catalog. Yeah. Canon. Yep, the song reference. And there I am. They, I mean, I can just go down and say, ah, oh, it was... It was Danny. Danny was on that. Right, exactly. Not in 56, yep. but you know. Yep. Yeah, right. sure. And then it's, the chapters go by decade. So 56 to 66, 67 to 77, and on oh, and on. Oh, that's awesome. And it goes by band. So if there's a group, you get the whole history of each group, group right. by group, right. with a little group history, yes. and then little write-ups about all the songs that charted. So I didn't write information about every... I mean, I wrote personnel information about right. every single song. Right. But I only wrote like a little write, little biographical write-up about all the songs that charted. So if a song made it on the charts, in addition to getting all the personnel, you get a little write-up about that song and what cool. made it big and things like that, how it, how it did on the cool. charts and stuff like that. So, in fact, you were the scribe. Five to nine hours a day. Tablets upon tablets. Yes. Using session sheets, using and oh, and wow. you know, I was a history major in school, so uh, being a bona fide historian, I remember that the most important things were legitimation yes. and primary sources. So instead of selecting these secondary sources like liner notes or the internet, the vast majority of the stuff that I garnered the information from is from primary source interviews, which I conducted. After that 20 years of nitpicky, tedious questions I told you about. So I have all that Goodness. collected. Then 2020, 2021, 2022, mm. beginning of 2023, I interviewed about 70 of my bandmates, some who don't even share a tenure with me. We might, mm. we might have tenures that are 40 years apart. But every single one of those guys was like, of course, Danny. Yeah, I'd be happy to do it. Let's let's hmm. let's do it. You know, hmm. like like almost like this band's a, a four piece. Yeah, yeah. But it's really a hundred yeah. and something people. Right, right. So seventy interviews. I mean, seventy people 
totaling about 160 interviews because some people did four, five, six interviews. I mean, George I know people like, that get their doctorates, their 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 dissertations, and have less right. research to back <laughs> yes. them up. This is remarkable. Thank you. So and now you're working on the follow up to this, right? There's believe it or book not, the there's works. actually two in the works uh, right now. I could tell you. I can tell you about <laughs> one of them. One of the follow ups is obviously hmm. the second edition. Sure. Because something of this magnitude, like I, I say in the forward, P-Funk is a living organism. Mm. It's constantly changing. It's yeah. growing. Yeah. So every year, really every month, you have new releases coming out from the constituent members, spinoff releases, core releases, whatever. And so because of that, even since the book was published, there is something like 10 more albums mm. have come out. Mm. But in addition to that, I have discovered somewhere around 90-plus albums that I may have missed or that either didn't make the cut but now need to make the need cut because in. I've yeah. changed certain criteria for what makes it into the canon. So albums by, say, Ginger Baker from Cream or uh, a Japanese pop artist Ryuchi Sakamoto or uh, David Byrne from The mm. Talking Heads, mm. they featured members of P-Funk, so they have to be in the book. So these are things that were maybe left out from the first edition but will be included in the second edition, as well as any c corrections to any possible scribal errors or anything like that. So that means you're back on the road. Yeah. 362 days <laughs> of the year not as much as we used to be but, okay but, but on it's, the road yeah. it's a it's several months out of the it can year, be yeah you know so then so now you're reworking it all over again to try to figure out how you yeah yeah we're gonna take just a <laughs> quick moment here to give danny a chance to take a breath <laughs> and we'll get back into talking about you know p-funk and and cocktails and all kinds of good stuff. Folks, you're in tune with Tallahassee Talks. Danny Bedrosian, our guest. Stay with me. Wood & Glass has been taking care of families since 1945. Experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Wooden Glass, and they provide precise installation. Wooden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass. Online at woodenglass.com. Call 850-222-5781. Well, here we are. We're back. We're talking with Danny Bedrosian about this great book, The Authorized P-Funk Song Reference. Now, for those who have, well, maybe they're just uninitiated, they're not quite into the whole P-Funk reality, Give us that that abstract, you know, because like, there's funk, but right. this is this is something else. This is more. Sure. So P Funk is the collective of groups founded by George Clinton as far as long ago as 1955, spanning a 68 year history. Um, his his literally a collective of groups, but really all the same core people. Yeah. Um, creating a very diversified version of funk, um, both before, during, and after the James Brown revolution of yeah, funk. Yeah, yeah. Um, really spanning all genres, and so the, so there's elements of everything: rock, classical, jazz, rock, blues, jazz, exactly. All it. It's yes. all in there. Yes. So wow. um, And and really the longest running popular music collective of all time. And with that, we should quickly say. George Clinton was recently honored with his star out there in Hollywood. Right? Yeah, just a couple few days ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, fair to say, a icon. Yes. In a number of ways, certainly yes. within the world of 
popular music and, yeah. and the history of music. Pop culture. Pop and, culture. You know, he, they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just a couple years before I was in the band in 97. And then we received the Honorary Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys uh, 2019, I think it was. What do you find most compelling? You know, th- you've told me this story before about, yeah. I think you were, you know, three, <laughs> maybe four years old, and you knew then you wanted to play with George Clinton. <laughs> Right. So then you had that opportunity. I'm fast forwarding yeah. to that moment when you say, hey, you know, um, I want to be in your I want to be with you. And, yeah. and and Mr. Clinton said, what are you doing now? I'm going to school. Well, why don't you finish, finish doing school. that? Mm-hmm. So you do that. OK. And then and then through a series of events, we'll go through all of that. You had an opportunity to be in front of this guy again and yeah. say, OK, I'm done. And well, by the way, I kind of won the contest because so. You you came up with the garb, his his special. Oh yeah, that was even before. Oh, that, that was, was like the very that. first. Oh, that that's was... how you first met him with that. Yes, I'm yes. I beg yep. your pardon. Yep. Got it backwards. Because yep. I wasn't even in college. I was still in high school. I think okay. at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 17. see, again, you're working it, man. <laughs> yeah, all the way along the line. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Man. Thank you. Brilliant. And for you, the compelling parts of that is it is it the fact that it is so integrative? It is so. Uh, um, immersive you know tell me why this is such a yeah i for you i've always liked things that were epic big worlds that you can play in you know i always mm. enjoyed largesse and and hmm. uh something that you know you're never gonna be able to collect the whole p-funk canon in in vinyl or, or <laughs> cd form or whatever that's something you can aspire keep, keep to a, yeah. yeah and george himself always says it's the it's the going for something that's the fun part once you get uh, there you're yeah. bored yeah right. you know you right. don't want right. to get there you want to just right. be going for I, it i think i better appreciate your uh appreciation of comic books for that reason yes. especially certain kinds of right because of that it's this ongoing sort of tale that really never comes to an end it's right just it's a, a journey yeah. yeah 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 it's a journey it's a search for Whatever it is you're searching for, you know, and the goal might not be as important as the journey, you know. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's the journey that is the goal, you know. So, um, not to get too lofty, but it seems to me that that characterizes, in a very broad sense, art. Yes, right. It's, it's definitely. It's yeah. Or and we could include literature in that. Yes, and, all and, of that. Right. Searching, you're searching, you yeah. know. Um, so it's that creative drive, that spark that says. What's next? What's around right. the corner? What does this look like if I turn it this way? Right. If I turn but it that way? With this book, for instance, when the manuscript was done, and they found a way to columnize it so it wouldn't be as, as big page-wise, but nothing was cut, but the original manuscript was 1,400 pages. Oof. So even with all that work, you can never hit put a stamp on it and be like, done, here's the full canon because the canon is growing, and there's always things you can find that you missed. And um, I have a lot of friends who are musicologists and they'll, you know, I did an interview the day the book came out and a good musicologist friend of mine, Melissa Weber, we were in New Orleans and she said, Danny, now I'm letting you know, I love the book, but <laughs> you know, you left out. Da, da, da. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I said, but that's why we're friends. This is why I love you because and, yeah, you, yeah. you were able and you to waited me- till now with me <laughs> well, on the air. I think a lot to of reveal people, that. <laughs> you know, I, I think if a hundred people say they're writing a book, ah. one person gets it published. Oh yeah. Yeah, I really do believe it's I one agree. in a hundred, maybe, maybe even less. Maybe less. And yeah. um, 
and and because the publishing part that was the hardest part i mean the writing of the book yes every day i said that's a what in god's name am i doing why am i doing this yep but i would still be able to get the work done nine hours a day however long it would take me which was all about you doing what you promised yourself you'd do yes now publishing though yeah that's a whole other animal because now you're as one person said it's like making a movie uh where you're painting a painting with a 50 foot paintbrush yeah and you got 50 other people holding the brush right it's like that it is like that and it's it's exactly the same as trying to get a record deal you have just as much chance getting a record deal as a music as a musical artist as you do getting published as an author first of all the proposal that you have to write i had an agent at first hmm. who helped the biggest thing she helped me with was you need to figure out how to write a proposal for a non-fiction reference book oh. i said okay so i learned how to do that there's a huge tutorial on doing that. Then when you the the proposal is 60 pages, 60 pages. It was much more it took much more wherewithal. It was much more mind-numbing to write that proposal than the worst days of writing my book. Wow. I wasn't even done the book when I started the the searching process for the publisher. The agent another thing advice they gave me that was good was okay, you can keep working on the book but before you finish, just start searching for publishing because it's going to take you that long. Right. I think I started looking for publishing in 2020. So it wow. took me three years wow. to find the right fit, the right yep. publisher. Yep. I sent inquiries, no exaggeration, probably 150, 160 publishers. Goodness. From music publishers to everything, mm. uh, academic publishers and, and all kinds of things. Mm. Everybody was like, "Oh, it's either too academic. It's not. It's too. It's not biopic, or it's the. It's beautiful. We love the book, but it's not this." Finally, the way it ended up happening was total happenstance. It actually has a lot more to do with the kind of relationship you and I have. Hmm. That's I was, scary. It, well, here's how it okay. went. I was on a show called Funkatopia, huh. not too dissimilar from the show that you have, I see. where they have different guests on every week. Hmm. They do its topical things. And it is in the funk world, but it's all different acts and bands and groups oh, all over the world. That's cool. They had me on. I just happened to mention in passing, really, that I'm working on this book. It was probably the tertiary thing mm. that I was talking about. It wasn't even the primary reason I was there. They said, oh, do you know Dwayne Tudal? I said, no, nah, I don't think so. He said, Dwayne Tudal is an author. He writes books similar to yours, but about Prince and Prince's discography. Ah. We're going to hook you up with Dwayne. And see if maybe something can come of it. I said, okay, cool. Now, I didn't think much of it because it's another author. What I need is publishing, but that sounds great. Mm -hmm. So I, I got on the phone with Dwayne Tudal, and it wasn't some immediate thing. Right. It was, we talked four Scratch or five times. Sniff. Yep, Just four or five times over maybe about? six months. Yeah. And then finally, he was like, you know, I'm going to put you in touch with my publishers because I think they might be interested in a book like this. Roman and Littlefield is the publishers. Mm. So then. Then things started moving fast because as soon as Roman and Littlefield got whiff of it, I gave them the proposal, which I had worked so tirelessly to do. Mm. They saw it. They sent it to the board, proposed it, da-ba-da. The acquisitions editor has been my staunch ally from the very get-go. From that moment, huh? And he was like, we really think this is going to be great. They approved it. And then next thing you know, we're going into edits bada and bing, copy editing and the whole, the wow. whole process. Wow. So the process from... You know, searching for the publisher and trying yeah. to find the right yeah. publisher, three right. and a half years. So sort of like having a baby. Yes. Because there's all of that time. Yes. Where it's gestation. Gestation, mm -hmm. right? 
And in the last, you know, few hours, yeah, here it comes. Here it comes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the the I think it was approved in in April or May of twenty. No, it was it was June of twenty twenty three. Came out in November. So so you were pregnant for three years, basically. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And, and labor was, yeah. was a, labor was, was five months. Was a challenge <laughs> in and of itself. And, we won't talk about all that pain. <laughs> Folks, we got Danny Petrosian giving us a first-class lesson on what it means to find something you really love and pursue it with your whole life and never stop. That's kind of what we're doing here today. Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Stay with me. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So... I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? We're back with the wonderful Danny Bedrosian talking about this great book. But here it comes, and now it's out there, and it's just winning awards. Uh, what did you say, best-selling it was Amazon? Yeah, tells? Amazon had a uh, number one in R&B category for several months it was uh number one music catalogs and number one music reference as well as number one new release in all those categories so it's being well received it's at books a million barnes and nobles all of the the customary outlets uh go check it out folks even if even if you are you know maybe on the margin over here in terms of your interest in um you know p-funk or George Clinton or any of that sort of thing. If you have an interest in human history, uh, if you have an interest in uh, American culture and music culture, music, y- yeah, this is something you need to have on your shelf, it's right? It's the barometer. People talk yeah. about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's really like two degrees of P-Funk. <laughs> there are albums by acts that go across all the genres in this book. Wow. So if you like rock music, there's a million rock albums in here that, that you know. Hip-hop. Soul, gospel, blues, classical, yep, yep, you know, yep, and on yep, world music yep, and on and on. Yep. Now, you have done your due diligence, I think, in helping us better appreciate what this is all about. And you got a show coming up tonight. Yes. Where's the show tonight? Uh, the House of Music, Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. Formerly Junction at Monroe. Right. Up on uh, South Monroe Street. Right. Uh, with my uh, local trio, Something Fierce. And nice. it's going to be like a book release party. Um, free free food, free drinks. Nice. No, not. <laughs> there will be food and drinks there. Um, and the book will be for sale as well. So for people who haven't picked it up, they can come to the show, enjoy some music, and get a copy of the book. I have to give out a shout to our friend Russ Pangretz. Yeah. Um, He's got a great venue. It's a great venue. It's a great, one of the best in Tallahassee, you know? if not the best. Uh, happen to know that our own uh, beloved Carl will be there on site, probably That's doing right. some recording, That's which right. he's known for. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and but then you've got uh, some other events coming up too. Tell yeah. Me. So we've already started doing the book tour, as it were. I've been doing lectures, music masterclasses, and concerts mm. at colleges, book fairs, conferences all over the country. I played at my uh, alma mater, UNH, uh, with George and a few select members of the band in December. Nice. Nice. We did a book tour with my uh, with my national touring act, Secret Army, which is another trio made up of P-Funk members and myself. Sure, We are planning more shows right now. I did a lecture series at FSU. I'm doing more stuff with them in the future. Um, as well as FAM and a million other schools. Meanwhile, all trying trying to write the next edition of... Writing the next edition and another book that I'm not allowed to talk about yet that's also going to be published by Roman and Littlefield. Wow. Well, folks, and to, uh, should I also throw in here, just in case you've missed this, we have the blessing of Danny's music all over our radio station, Moose Magnificat. Uh, so if you um, are wanting to get a quick peek at some of the, that music. In addition, Danny is the host of Danny on Everything, which airs monthly on, most months, on Moose Magnificat. So you want to check that out. good way to do it is just go to the website, moosemagnificat.com. And there's a little uh, abstract there about Danny on Everything, the show, and its it airtimes and all that good stuff. I, I do think there is in your future then that that academic position, if if you know if University of New Hampshire doesn't snag you or Florida State doesn't, I mean somebody's going to say, hey, we'd love you to come and teach this class on. Now, if you stop me and say, yeah, well, that's already in the works, then I'm going to just slap you. <laughs> I have I've I've been approached in a somewhat informal manner yeah, by yeah. some parties that will yeah. remain nameless for now. Yeah. But hopefully that will be in the near future. Well, when you think about, um, we've talked about this too, the local, because we're always about local, local yeah. music scene. Yeah. I'll say this. My, my Well, let me let you speak to it. In terms of any, I guess you'd say, improvements, changes, mm-hmm. advancements, does it feel like we're, we're actually growing out a little bit better or what do you it's funny because i was thinking about this earlier today uh knowing that we were going to speak and i thought about previous um conversations we've had about this very topic yes i i without sounding too negative i hate to say that i think that it's actually gotten worse really i believe and the only reason i say that is because well let me preface it with a little bit of positivity there yeah. has been there has been some advancements in places like Cascades, mm. and there are things coming up. Like for one, uh, to get back to the book real briefly, we're doing another of those book shows with George and a few members of the band at the Word of South ah. Music Festival, right, which will right. be held over that way right. on April 27th. So that'll be great. Huh. And there are great things like that that are kind of mainstay things. Yeah, and, and there's also people that are working really hard to make things happen. So I'm not gonna I'm not trying to discount any of those people, but I do see a slight downturn in terms of how many places there are to work as a working musician. Um, I've I've seen places that had opportunities kind of fall by the wayside Mm. and dissipate and disappear. Um, And the the places that offer that great experience, that music experience, as it were, are fewer and further between, I believe, than the last time we had this conversation. 
But with that, sometimes you can increase the quality when you decrease the quantity. So there yeah. could be eventually, you know, sometimes uh, the forest has to be cleared mm. for the best you know, outcroppings to, 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 to grow and yeah. emerge. Yeah. So there, there is that. And mm. I do have to give it up to people like Russ uh, for keeping amazing venues like the Tallahassee House of Music together. Yeah. yeah. Um, Blue Tavern. Yeah. yeah. Blue Tavern's great. I just yeah. played there not too long right. ago. It's such you a. You mentioned the Chop House. But Chop House. Yeah. But, was filled, but I mean. Yeah. But you're... even Chop House, I'm not doing the residency anymore. Yeah, yeah. They they stopped doing music recently. Um, hopefully they'll start doing it again. Um, but huh. places like the Over Under, yeah, kind of stopped doing music. I heard that they might start doing it again. So there's a lot of this kind of a. Uh, and that's a shame too because you're talking about major venues that fill the, um, or I should say venues that fill the the special niche like uh, uh, classical yeah. or jazz, yeah. something you might not be able to get at every venue. Exactly, losing a place like say the Blue Tavern, which happily right. happily right. is around and is is healthy. Well, losing a place like that would be losing another niche thing: yeah. folk music, Americana, world music, or right. whatever else that right. comes into that right. place. So when when Bradfordville Blues Club closed its doors, another great last example, year. and that was since we've talked last. Yep. So. Yep. Loss of the big blues venue, a yep. major loss. And here you go with uh, now they're, they've 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 tried to revitalize a bit by mm-hmm. pre- performing over there at the uh, American Legion. True, uh, uh, Mac uh, Mac Daddy, yep. D- Dan McDonald, yep, and his crew, and uh, you know, and they've they've done their best to try to book. Uh, but a lot of that talent, of course, is coming from out of town. Yes, which is good, though. We it's want good. that. We yeah. want out-of-towners to come into town because that was another part of the big problem we had spoken about in the yeah. past. Yeah. I think on that side of things, we're actually doing better. Hmm. So in some kind of funny way, hmm. the regional and, well, I should say national and international acts coming in have maybe increased. Hmm. But the amount of viable venues has drastically decreased for the regional acts. So... It's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen yeah, in the other, yeah, yeah. but um, but also subject to change, constantly subject well, to change. Well, we think too that this radio station of ours may have something to do with keeping people in, uh, in plugged into the music that is Tallahassee. Agreed, and thereby want more of those venues to host more of these artists. Agreed. So, yes. Uh, last time I looked, I just don't have a couple of million dollars to put up a. <laughs> A, you know, performing arts center. I'd love to. Right. But it's an ecosystem. It's all yeah, cyclical, you know. Yeah. And so every time you lose one piece of that ecosystem, it right. does affect all it's the other network. constituent parts. It really is. You know, yeah, yeah. not just the musicians, not just the technical people, not right. just the radio right. people, not just, you know, so. It's all of that. It's yeah. all, it's, it's all connected. Well, okay. We have more work to do. As yes, we have me. more work to do. But that's good. It's about the journey. It's a very, very good thing. And it is about the journey. And the journey for you and I, my friend, is always a pleasure. I love uh, being in the boat with you as we float down this river of dreams <laughs> and wonder, isn't that a waterfall up ahead? Yeah, well, we'll be okay. We'll be all right. Yeah, it's so just, the pleasure's all mine, Brian. Just Thank a you. little white water. Of course. Well, brother, thank you. And thanks for uh, what you're doing to, in bringing us this wonderful uh, compilation, this this official canon of Parliament Funkadelic, the authorized P-Funk song reference. Check him out tonight down there at uh, the House of Music, South Monroe. It's going to be a great show. Danny, keep on being beautiful. 
Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Catch you on the flip side. Folks, that's what I've got for you here. We are the production of Spatterwork Media and Entertainment coming to you from the studios of Moose Magnificat, Tallahassee's Radio to the World, bringing you all local musicians playing their original songs all the time. We call it The Sound of Tallahassee. Carl Cerny is our executive producer, and I'll be looking for you again next week. So come on, Tallahassee. Come talk to me. Witten Glass has been taking care of families since 1945. Experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Witten's top-of-the-line bath enclosures. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Witten Glass, and they provide precise installation. Witten Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass. Online at wittenglass.com. Call 850-222-5781.